the message is talk with your patients that you 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 will learn a lot also. Follow Homo sapiens. We have in this week's Epilepsy Sparks Insights podcast, adult neurologist Abril Moroni from Buenos Aires in Argentina, telling us about her cool conversations with patients who are transferring from pediatric to adult care, including topics such as sex and sexuality. I'm really so glad that we have clinicians like um, Avril feeling able to talk about things like this as they are a key part of a person's life. Hi everyone, I'm Avril Marone. I am from Buenos Aires, Argentina. I am an adult epileptologist. I work at Flenny Institution in Buenos Aires also. I am also a visual artist. I love art. I am really enthusiastic about that. I love epilepsy because um, it's like uh, there's lots of things we don't know about it and we can also investigate and get to know more and more. And um, that's why I studied epilepsy. You know what, everyone, I will put the link um, to Abra's arty website on, on, the, on, the, on our website. So check it out. But anyway, so back to your work in the epilepsies. I would love for you to tell us about your work um, that's been done through ILAES, um, Young Epilepsy Section. And when it comes to the work between paediatric and adult care in epileptology, could you tell us about that, please? In our group of YES Argentina, uh, we were, um, we work on this topic, uh, between the transition between pediatric patients into adult patients. And we saw that there were lots of things that were missing in the middle, maybe some information between the pediatric uh, doctor from, and the adult neurologist. And we tried to make two things, maybe like, um, a, a record and a clinical record, um, that has lots of things um, written uh, about the person, not only the, um, clean, the, the epilepsy uh, information, but also mental uh, health issues, the social part, the, um, I don't know, uh, things that like the, the, the patient, things that uh, they do. And um, we made this like a clinical record, but like it's, based in, in these things in order that the pediatric doctor completed it to the adult neurologist. Like a CV or resume from one section to the other section. Exactly, exactly. And this is the first step we made. And then we tried to make like, I don't know, like the, the transition to be uh, slow and not to be like something dramatic from this type of attention to that type of attention. It's quite a stressful time, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, because you change from the doctor that have seen you maybe for 10 years or 15 years to a new one. So it, it was really traumatic for the patients, but also for the parents. So we, in, in my institution, we developed this thing that for one year we uh, alternate uh, consultations between pediatric neurologists and adult neurologists with the, the, the parents and the, the patients. And what I do, what I personally do in my, in my place is like, um, I let the young adult come in first to talk with us, with, with me about the things to, to talk about the epilepsy, but also about the things he or she likes or the things that they, they are worried about or maybe 
things that they don't want to talk with their parents uh, present. So no there. parents in this session, it's one-on-one. -on -one. Yes, and then I make the parents enter to the session and we talk about medication or some things that the patient might not, not know because of their seizures, I don't know, something like that. And I think parents get uh, are are okay with that some parents don't but some parents are okay with that and i think it's like uh, a message we have to send to the parents like your child now it's a young adult and from now on what it's important it's epilepsy uh, are, is going to be in his hands or in her hands so it's important for the the young adult to get involved into their own care. So the things that you would ask the patient, um, they include things like sexuality, drugs, um, anything affecting their health. Could you tell us more about that? Yes, we we always make the the consultation open to these subjects because I think it's important. Um, for us to be a space of, to be the, the doctors, to be that space where you can talk about everything you want. So, because the, your, you have epilepsy and you will have it in, yeah, not always, but, uh, in your life. So it's not like these things separated from your daily life. So we have to talk about the things that happens every day. So that's why I always talk about sexuality. Sometimes because of the epilepsy or sometimes because, because of some medications that they take. And I always warn them because some of the medication might have some effects and we usually don't talk about it. And I think it's important to, to tell them if something happens to you in, in, in when you have sex, you, and, and it's new and, and you're initiating this medication, you can, you can come here and talk with us about it in order to change this because we, 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 what we need to do is to make the, the patient be comfortable with the medication and with the, the, with epilepsy. They have to have an understanding as well, don't they, of what's, ideally, if, if they're able of, of what's going on. So, and, so, I mean, I think, I, I wish people had been more open about things like this when, you know, I was going to say when I was growing up, I'm not sure I'll ever grow up, but when, um, Things like erectile dysfunction or yes. vaginal dryness yes. or struggles to, you know, or orgasm might take longer or, yes. you know, so literally think they can, it can affect you physically, but also I believe it, you know, drugs and also just knowing you have epilepsy can, you know, affect your physical desire, your sexual desire and things like that. Are, are these the type of things that you bring up in conversation? Yes, these, these things are not usually... Because sometimes we have so many times in the, in this, in this consultation, but usually when we make this, this transition, we, we take more time with the patient. And yes, we, we, I, I, I get to talk with these things with the patient. And also even sometimes when the parents are there, because they are, they, they have to know that they are, they are not children anymore and they are adult, adult people. So, um, we have to get involved in this, in these things because it, it can change the quality of life. Sexuality is a great part of the quality of life. In, Being human. Yes, exactly. So why not talking about these things in the, um, in the consultation? So I think it's really important and to tell and to, and to give the information to the adults because sometimes they don't know the name for that dysfunction, dysfunction. And they have, you, I think we have the obligation to 
the uh, to 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 talk about these things. I agree, professional and ethical. Like it is, I you know I think we've come a long way. Uh, you know, but and no doubt there are differences between what happens you know in South America compared to what happens in Europe. But yeah, we are all the same species. You tend to have the same sort of similar yeah. desires. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's something, I, this is my personal belief, it's something that needs to kind of be brought up more. And, and you know, and also, and this is easy for me to say, but often I think it can be really challenging for parents to even think about their child ever having S-E-X. Yes. You know? Oh my God, that wouldn't have... And often, especially I think if they have some degree of intellectual disability, is a presumption that they won't have any desire. Now, you know, I, I'm not a clinician, I, you know, and I don't know about each individual person, of course not, but I have no doubt that many, many people who have been living with their mum and dad forever and, for instance, might have intellectual disability as well as other comorbidities and epilepsy will have sexual desire. Yes. They need to, you know, t- be able to communicate about that or have that. I don't, I don't know. You tell me what what is done in that situation. Oh, and when we have patients with intellectual disability and epilepsy and we have to, I think we we have to talk also about these things with with these patients because they are like us because but they can't communicate the same way as we do so um we have to talk with the parents we have to know what is going on uh, sometimes I, I i i told you that i had this conversation about one patient with intellectual disabilities that he, um he wanted to have a children, so to have children, sorry, and um, it was really difficult to talk with with uh, with him about this. And this, uh, we 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 I I, I talk with a psychologist and a psychiatrist in in our institution, and we get to to talk with uh, these things with him. And now I think she, he feels relieved about talking about uh, talking about this uh, this thing because it was an issue that. It it made him really uh, stressed, so it was really nice to talk about this. Um, he asked us a lot, asked asked us a lot of things, and it was nice for him and for his his mother also. That was really happy uh, to see her her child talking about these 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 issues. So it's nice. I think they they need to have the chance to talk about these things. Here in Argentina, it's a place that it's really, I know they say like psychoanalyzed, psychoanalyzed, I think, because we have a lot of psychologists. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> and lots of people go to the psychologists. It's really oh, rare funny. if you don't. Yes, it's, it's rare if you don't go to the psychologist here. But it's really, it's an advantage for us and for the young, the young people are more open to go to the psychologist than the old people. But, um, I think it's a really advantage for us because they get to be more aware of the tools they need psycho, emotionally to, to get through these things. So and ask questions as well to have that space where they might not talk to somebody else because for whatever reason they might not feel comfortable with it, but they can go somewhere and ask a question. And then I think also to have you like, uh, it's almost like a behind the scene multidisciplinary team. You've got you, you've got the psychiatrist and sharing that information, um, obviously legally and ethically, right, about the, about the person to, to give them the best care and the right 
the right answers as well you know um well whatever works for them i think that's really cool and and i love your openness also about therapies and i think we need to get more like that in europe but that's just my opinion Um, (laughs) yes i think that's uh for example in 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 my practice i see that when they 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 go to the psychologist and they get that tools emotionally they grow a lot a lot and i and i see that in in my patients so i think it's uh it's really it's really nice for them to 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 get to that therapy yes so uh, they don't have this taboo or this thing that they say if i go to a psychologist i am i am mad it's not like that here they are very open to to this therapy so I think it's a it's an advantage for us. Definitely, since you know there's such a high rate of mental illnesses amongst the people with an epilepsy, it's absolutely crucial to get that sorted out. Yes, and also as we were talking about before recording, to have um, clinicians see that the epilepsies are rarely seizures on their own; that they have other delightful things along with them and that needs to be addressed as a whole almost yes but thank you for being with us today um everyone rest assured that april will be with us again over the next year because we went through so many topics we had to discuss and we just couldn't talk about them all a lot yeah um and i guess please everybody realize that it's good to talk about sex with your clinician and to talk about it with you know and to talk about it with your patients whichever angle you're coming at things from uh we are all animals and it's something i think that's part of our health yes thank you very much tori for inviting me to your channel to your podcast it's really nice for me being here in south america very low 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 in the in the in the world and the angle you're looking at things from (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 Thank you very much. For me, it's really nice to be here. And the message is talk with your patients that you 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 will learn a lot also. Thank you, Avril, for your absolute passion in helping to improve a person's quality of life. After all, a person with an epilepsy is far more than solely their diagnosis. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Please subscribe to Epilepsy Sparks Insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening.